everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode of Group Thinkers. As you know, right now we're in season four and it's a special series tied to COVID-19 and the impact of the coronavirus on the nonprofit marketing space. Uh, on this particular episode, I chat with Shannon McCracken from the Nonprofit Alliance. Uh, and Shannon uh, has, just like the rest of us, been walking through what this looks like over the last week to 10 days. Uh, and on this particular episode, Shannon's gonna share some insights into a poll that uh, she conducted amongst 600 plus nonprofit marketers that uh, were a part of a TNPA town hall earlier this week. Some uh, important information and learnings about adjusting messaging and our acquisition spends and, and how we're navigating all of this together. So uh, be sure to check out uh, Shannon and the TMPA crew. You can follow them uh, at TMPA. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter and Instagram at Group Thinkers. And yeah, appreciate you checking out this episode. So I've got Shannon McCracken with me, Shannon from the Nonprofit Alliance. Hi, good morning to you. Good morning, Justin. We're, we've made it to Friday. Yes, sure indeed. It's been, <laughs> a, uh, it's been a year of a week. And so here we are. We've made it. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm so appreciative of getting a chance to catch up with you this morning. Um, I was able to join and be amongst a, a pretty significant contingent of folks mm -hmm. that tuned into a webinar that, uh, that you helped put together and lead from the Nonprofit Alliance earlier this week. So I want to talk about that. Um, you definitely have a, a super unique perspective uh, on this situation sure. because of, one, your background from being on the, the nonprofit side, mm -hmm. right, from your time at Special Olympics mm -hmm. and other places, um, but then also your current role at the Nonprofit Alliance, which is a industry association that's geared specifically for nonprofits. So, uh, I'm just curious, like your just your perspective on this past week and what this week has looked like for you. Uh, you put it perfectly. It's been a year of a week. <laughs> Friday, like yes, Groundhog Day. But um, it, it's been a heavy week for us. We canceled our first fundraising and and marketing conference that is was scheduled for for the middle of April. We had a sold out event, 350 people coming. Um, but clearly it, it was at the point where it was impractical and unsafe and, and actually illegal to hold that event. So the decision was made for us, but that's, it's still, that's tough. I, I, the amount of time and work that so many people have put in to get to this point and get so close, yeah. we're in good company with a lot of other associations that have had that same decision placed on their laps. So I know there's a, a shared empathetic community there with that. Right. Right. Um, but, but it's really struck me this week the grace and the understanding that people have been bringing to this. We were chatting just a few minutes ago, Justin, about all the all of us participating in in more live meetings and Zoom meetings and so forth from home than we've done in the past year, probably. And uh, I was on a call yesterday where we started with ground rules, saying we know you've been doing this all day, and everybody is trying to still create this sense of perfect business continuity. Mm -hmm. And if you're a young child or your pet or your stir-crazy roommate wanders through in the background in the midst of this, like, that's okay. Judgment-free right. zone. Let's just all be in this together. Yeah. Um, so that that personal connection, I think, with people. But and you, the nonprofit community, the way organizations are stepping up, I mean, nonprofits are always filling that gap between where 
government agency stops and, and fulfillment of a greater need. Mm-hmm. And that has never been more apparent and more visible than this yeah. week from yeah. direct service to just reassuring and, and factual communications for vulnerable populations and, and doing all of this while our resources feel very stretched. Very um, stretched. It's yeah. just the best of the sector. It's, it's also interesting in the way that this fuels innovation and change because in, in a very short time, 10 days, I've seen some of the most creative thinking mm-hmm. that I've seen in a very long time from yes. folks in terms of how to connect with their, uh, their constituent base, be it donors or volunteers or whatever it is. Right. And so in these times of great tension and pressure to see people responding with such innovation is, um, is for sure inspiring. You mentioned the, the conference. Uh, and so, yes, extremely bummed. Um, however, from um, the beginning of your messaging about the potential change in the conference, you, you said that, you know, we're prepared to have this be virtual. And so you talked about that from the get-go, and I think that that's also unique uh, and that not everyone in the space, a lot of folks tried to hold on to the in-person, the in-person, the in-person. Right. So uh, can you kind of share a, a little bit about what you're thinking about what the conference might look like now that uh, we'll be doing it kind of like this? Right, sure. And kind of like this a month from now. So mm-hmm. that's, that's part of, of course, there's the big unknown. Uh, we have definitely received requests um, to explore postponing the conference and still having it in person later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, there is nothing I would love more than still having this conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to, so we're assessing the, the practicality of that. There's still a lot of concern. We don't know what travel is going to look like later in the year. We don't know what any of that can be. So, right. But that is something that, is, that we're taking a look at. More realistically is, is looking at doing it things, things online. And it, in normal circumstances, and this is anything but, a virtual conference could be a good alternative solution. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and even a week or so ago, um, I was sure that that was our ideal solution given the circumstances. I think now as we're all living on screens and webinars, and it, is that something that people will still find as interesting and uh, I don't know, novel or connected sure. as, as they would have? Um, or do we want to do a series of webinars and sort of stretch things out? We also need to look at our content. We have a fantastic lineup of sessions and speakers. Is that the content that feels most relevant right. and necessary right now? Um, it, the way that it did a month or two ago. So all of that is on the table. We have a survey out to our registered attendees and sponsors mm-hmm. to get their their decisions, what will be the most valuable and useful to them right now in this moment. And Mm. that's what we'll lead with. So interesting. If you conduct that survey probably twice a week for the next couple of weeks, it it will continue to change as, as quickly as this thing is evolving, you know, because the nonprofit Alliance is a membership led uh, organization, you rely on your constituents. You rely on on the voice of your members and uh, on their perspective and their support uh, in the same way that folks in the sector and the nonprofit side rely on their constituent bases, their donors and volunteers and advocates. So what does your week look like in terms of connecting with your constituent base? Well, you mentioned the the town hall that we had earlier this week. So Mm -hmm. on Tuesday, we brought together about 75 leaders from fundraising agencies and consultancies and uh, and, and vendor partners 
wealth of experience representing hundreds of nonprofit organizations. And, and we just had this very candid, uh, informal discussion of what we already know from past economic pivotal points, 2001, 2008 and nine, what did we see in fundraising for, for clients at that point? Uh, we looked at other disaster giving. And so we, we brought together, sort of refreshed that, that wealth of knowledge and then talked about how this is also different uh, mm -hmm. than any of those situations. And so what, and some of the things that they were already observing among their clients and some adjustments they were already making in the short term and even the longer term to, um, to strategies and budgets. Then on, on Wednesday, I'm losing track of days, on Wednesday <laughs> we had the open town hall, which was more mm -hmm. than 600 people participating in real time. We had three leaders um, of the town hall who came from the call on Tuesday. So they were able to reflect that broader, not just their own expertise, but that broader knowledge mm. um, in a very, very current and relevant way. And then take some live Q&A. But at the same time, we had chat box and Q&A boxes open for everybody who was participating on the video. And there was this crowdsourced, you know, I saw this, has anybody seen this? They're sharing links. Here's an example of what an organization sent out that has great messaging. I mean, all of this, this community was happening at the same time. I, it, it was fantastic. And, yeah. and we did some polling in that. And I think we'll chat about that a little bit later. But just that ability to, to kind of all come together from our home offices and our dining room tables <laughs> and, right. and share some of that, that community, which is what an association is all about. So being able yeah. to be part of that. We're, we're truly all in this together and figuring out day by day uh, what to do. And, and you're right. And, you know, I was um, glad to be able to, to participate and take part in the webinar that you mentioned from Wednesday and have seen the same thing in other circumstances. We have a, a Facebook group with our, our client base and you see people saying, Hey, we're doing this and it looks like it's working or, Hey, I saw this from somebody else that's doing this. You know, people might want to try that. And it's so interesting to see the collegial nature and we know how collegial our sector is compared to other sectors. We see that from mm -hmm. conferences and events, right. but you feel it differently mm -hmm. right now. And that's, that's certainly special. So let's talk about the, the webinar and some of the, the polling that you did. Sure. Uh, there were some very interesting questions that you had put out to uh, the, the audience base. And, and, you know, I was struck by a couple of, of their responses. Share some of the, uh, the poll that you had put out. Sure. So, and I'm, I'm looking at notes here. I'm using my cheat sheets. Uh, one, of, one of the, and, and let's preface this. You, you referenced it earlier with the conference survey. We could ask these same questions in a week, right. in two weeks or a month. Look at how quickly everything's changing and yeah. the answer could be completely different. So sure. point time, March 18th, um, we, we asked, um, have you adjusted messaging in your current fundraising appeals to acknowledge the coronavirus? Mm -hmm. And 74% said that yes, they had. Um, and, you know, that's, we talked about how important that is right now, even if you are not, and don't imply that you're directly serving this issue if you're not, of course, mm -hmm. but regardless, we, everybody in the world, my, your restaurants, your veterinarian, your, anybody who has your email address has <laughs> anyone in the past week saying, here's how we're addressing this with right. our staff, with our customer service, with anything, business continuity. Um, so make sure that you are acknowledging that. Um, and, and one of the best tips that came up, um, was look at your, what I would call your set and forget messaging, but some of your, like your auto-generated messages, your, mm -hmm. some of the forms that you have online, your 
your um, immediate acknowledgement, gift confirmations, both online and offline. Look at some of that messaging because what was what felt perfect before might sound a little bit different right now in the current yeah. circumstances. So just look, read, read it with a new eye. So I, I thought that was very wise. Mm. Um, some of the other stats, Justin, is your organization planning on changing new donor acquisition in the next 90 days, changing the investment? Because mm -hmm. this is the, this, we've seen this happen before. As soon yes. as it starts to feel economic change, there's the sense of, oh, we shouldn't invest right now in, in new donor acquisition. And then you carry that donut hole with you for years to come. Mm -hmm. What we know is if you're not trying, if you're not making any investment in acquiring donors, guess how many donors you're going to acquire? <laughs> right. Row. Zero. Yes. So 42% um, so percent said they were making no change 38 percent weren't sure yet and then everybody else sort of felt anywhere and fell anywhere in between increasing six people out of uh, well two percent said they were increasing a lot mm -hmm. um and then three percent said decreasing a lot and then fell sort of in between there so yeah. the good news is nobody's immediately rushed to judgment right. saying yes. oh my gosh we're cutting all the budgets right now i think as a sector and as a, a direct marketing and fundraising slice of that, we need to just keep reminding all of us the lessons we've learned about making sure we stay out there and stay relevant. There have been, you know, um, presentation after presentation. And at this point, in some cases, it's become mythology around some of those uh, big organizations that have made those significant cuts mm -hmm. and the impact uh, that that it's had. So I, I'm with you. I hope that we stay on the, the right side of that. Uh, there's still a great chance that someone somewhere is going to, right? And that, that an organization of prominence will do so. And so we hope that they uh, are around great counsel to help remind them and remind many times the stuff coming from the board, um, you know, so uh, to stay in market. And, you know, I've heard folks like, you know, that's, I think you said 6%, uh, say, no, no, now's the time to make sure that we're out in front right? and, and make sure that we're staying in front of potential donors to let them know why our cause matters. And hopefully that, uh, continues to break through the, the messaging that they're getting. So yeah, it's, that was one, that was one that I was, I was so glad that you asked and, and very interested to hear the, the percentage of people who aren't making adjustments, but also those who are not sure at this right. moment in time, right? So, <laughs> Yes, yeah. And it, it, this may be a time, it, it, that's not to say you should just business as usual, look at your right. testing. Our test results right now are going to be at all reliable in terms of actually validating what that could look like in the future. So that may be a yes. place where you want to make some shifts, really fall back on your controls or make some minor adjustments or, um, but by golly, stay out there. So, exactly. Yeah. And then the last, the, the, or one of the other polls we did was about event uh, losses from events, yeah. um, whether that is a gala, whether that is a, um, you know, a walk or, you know, some sort of, of peer-to-peer uh, -peer kind of fundraising event. Do you have, and we didn't ask the question of whether those would be canceled because we know lots of, the, yes, any in-person right. events basically at this point have been canceled or radically adjusted. Or postponed but our question was do you have a clear plan in place to mitigate the losses from those events now 40% of the people said it didn't apply to them mm -hmm. um, but of the 60% of participants who said it did apply um, uh, 40 44% um, so 44% out of 100 said they don't have a plan mm -hmm. and so that's um, you know that's that's scary 
Yeah. And so what is that? Because we know events can be a significant uh, revenue stream and there are also a lot of sunk costs there already. Yes. And so, um, and this is early in the game. And, and again, asking that same question two weeks from now, they may have a plan in place. Sure. But this is something we just recognize has caught a lot of organizations and a lot of people um, off guard. And yeah. how do we recoup for that and, and adjust going forward? So Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, over, over the years, I think that many organizations have built out what it looks like on the direct marketing side for disaster response. Not necessarily, you know, natural disaster, but what does it look like if we need to put something in market in a hurry? whether or not that's from experience through Hurricane Sandy or, you know, Florence and the like, that people are conditioned to think about on that side. And I don't know that we're conditioned to think about uh, the contingency plans on what if our event isn't going to happen, right? Right. When you're planning that annual golf tournament or 5K or peer-to-peer event or on up to, you know, this being event season and, and, Galas and whatnot. You don't think just like in planning the for yeah. the conference. You you don't like it's not. You know, there's no. I was having a conversation with Amy Sample Ward from N10 yesterday, and she said that you know even two weeks ago, people were asking in their staff meetings, "Hey, what if this gets canceled?" And she said, "There's no way. Why right. would we do that?" And yeah. so <laughs> that is going to be a significant lesson from this: is uh, how to prepare for if if your event does get shifted on you, right? Yes. So yeah. super interesting and a surge in interest in what it looks like to do events virtually, right? A surge in, in activity on platforms like Twitch and other live streaming platforms where you can recreate some of that, uh, that experience, but not exactly the same as what you imagined. So. Right, yes. Um, okay. So last, last question that I've got for you. So up until let's say, I don't know, 10, 11, 14 days ago, (laughs) um, so much of your team's focus has been on data privacy laws and like that has been uh, top of the fold for TNPA for some time. Um, over the last, you know, week, 10 days has that, been put to a separate burner uh, because of the immediacy and focus on this? Uh, Are there any updates to share? Is there any uh, discussions on what that looks like from a legislative sense while we're all dealing with this? Talk to me about that. Sure, yes. Well, even a week ago, my answer would have been different. There there was still a lot of activity and a lot of focus. Senator Moran dropped a, a federal bill that we really liked and uh, and do like. Um, you know, there's there's activity happening up to that point when all of a sudden, just like the rest of the world, all the legislators needed to shift and focus on relief packages and things that are very pertinent to the national crisis at this point. Um, so there's. Like right now, I would say a lot of those things are paused. Uh, a lot of state legislatures have gone out on unplanned recess. Right. Um, you know, so that progress has halted or paused right now. We will see when it resumes and what that looks like. Um, we've been active on it to this point. We are still having conversations with legislative offices on it. It's just not anybody's highest priority. So right. um, at the state level in California, we saw a letter that um, that is asking the attorney general and the, the four um, 
potentially pushing back that July 1 compliance effective date mm -hmm. because, first of all, there's the regulations still aren't final. The AG has released a third set and the comment period is right now for people who are commenting on it. Um, so we're still not even exactly sure what that looks like in the best situation. Um, but businesses' ability to focus on compliance implementation internally and, and we know what that, that's a significantly heavy lift for a lot of companies still in progress and still trying to comply. And is a July 1 effective date for that even realistic? So, right. you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, we will see. But that, yeah. that's certainly out there as a consideration. And if July 1 is still the date, that is one more pressure on businesses right now to make sure they keep that train pushing forward even as they're adjusting to everything else they're, they're doing. Yeah, you know, our, our nonprofit community and, uh, you know, executives and, and decision makers already wore so many hats. We've, we've added a couple of significant hats over the last couple of weeks. And so, uh, as always, appreciate you and your team keeping an eye on that and being a voice for the sector in that space and then keeping us apprised as to all of these updates. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Justin. Well, thanks. Thanks for hanging out with me a little bit this morning. And uh, I hope that you have productive video calls for the remainder of the day. And we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Stay healthy. All right. Thanks, Shannon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so that's the chat with Shannon. Uh, it's been interesting this week having the this series of chats uh, and and hearing that you know while we can take away some learnings from previous uh, crisis, uh, previous incidents like nine eleven or Katrina or the Great Recession two thousand eight, uh, there are nuances to how COVID-19 is impacting us that is altogether different. So we're all navigating it together, getting through together and extending each other a tremendous amount of grace as we go through it. So uh, thanks as always for checking out this episode. Appreciate Shannon spending time with me today. And uh, uh, that's, that's it for this episode. So uh, throw us a follow at Group Thinkers and we will see you down the road. Group Thinkers is a production of RKD Group. For more information, visit rkdgroup.com slash podcast. Special thanks to our production team, including the talented Ryan Mellinger for his work on mixing every episode. Also a shout out to the content team that helps pull together research and guests, but the marketing efforts behind Group Thinkers. Suzanne, Ronnie, and others for their work on this and every episode of Group Thinkers.